Trying to be doing that bullshit. bullshit, bullshit. back BS with Brian Simpson um, yeah we on a little little break here we uh on a little hiatus but we uh we all moved into the new spot We're ready right poopy ready to ready to flex <laughs> record my cat is an asshole um yeah, man, a lot of wild shit going on this week. Actually, the biggest thing, you know, the biggest thing is uh, all the shootings. It was three shootings in the last, like, week. Um, one was in Ohio, one was in Texas, and I forget what the other one was. It might have been California. But, I mean, it's like, it's the same old damn story, man. It's like what it, it, it you know, and, and I guess the, the the through line on in this shit is, you know, that all these shooters all look like they, you know, if you describe if if you just saw them in passing and you had to describe them to police, you would give the same description, <laughs> you know, all like schmarmy, young, like uh, lonely ass white dudes with. Uh, with glasses and uh, I seen somebody say <laughs> somebody said they look like they <laughs> they look like they wouldn't they wouldn't recognize a pussy if it was attached to an Xbox controller. That was funny. Um, uh, niggas got jokes, you know. But but seriously, and I, and honestly, what is what is a viable solution to this kind of thing? Because I don't know, man. Every time this happened, we had the same discussion. It's like it goes around in a circle, and then it dies down, and then it happens again. You know, I'm just on the. I'm on the. I'm. I'm of the mind that like we're just doomed. I don't think there's any political way to to do anything about it. This is just who we are now. You know, we don't, as a country, we just don't have the balls to like put in the proper channels and uh, the proper restrictions and all of that shit because it's just too, pol- everything is political in the United States, nigga. Everything, nigga. Straws, pudding, murder. You know? It's like, it's like whether murder, whether murder is okay just depends on who did the murder and who got murdered. You know, it's all political. It's like, I think really, honestly, our only hope is just to go the whole other way. Go the whole other direction. Give everybody guns. Make it, everybody has to have a gun from the time you nine years old, you got to carry around a pistol. Every American is strapped. That's what, (laughs) that would be chaos. But, oh man, it would be so entertaining. It really would. Um, and maybe, and then maybe, because you know, you know, what the deal is, is like, all these people is like, I don't want them to take my guns, blah, 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 blah. They not talking about me and you, motherfucker. They talking about white people. They don't, they don't, because the, I, look, I remember, um, it wasn't that long ago. It was, it was, it was shortly after Obama got elected, if I'm not mistaken, 
but it was a it was a it was like two uh black panthers or two self-identified black panthers open carrying weapons somewhere like a post office or some shit and white folks lost their minds the resurgence of the black panthers oh no oh no see motherfuckers forget ronald reagan you know republican jesus he passed gun laws in california because of the black panthers you know he was scared to death of the motherfuckers he like like they did not want black folks walking down the streets armed because because i mean because that's what the black panthers were and maybe i'm maybe my timeline is off i should have done research about that but my point is <laughs> my point is just you know the black panthers started out as like you know what we going we going to arm ourselves legally we're going to arm ourselves and we're going to damn walk our own streets and protect our and, 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 and fight crime in our own neighborhoods. And they could not take that shit because we couldn't trust the police. We didn't want the police walking around our neighborhoods fucking abusing us. And the Black Panthers started their own shit. They started fucking breakfast programs, after school programs, all this. And the government fucking destroyed their ass. So, you know, it's like, it's like for all they talk about gun rights, it's like they're not talking about your gun rights. You know, because I like guns too. I like shooting. It's fun. And, you know, when you're good at it, it's fun. When you're accurate, it's fun. Um, But I know goddamn well <laughs> I'm not going to get the same treatment if I walk up in Walmart with a fucking AR-15 on my back. You know, out here. Somebody going to call the cops. I know this is a fact because you can't. So I just look. I just moved from uh, from West Hollywood to to North Hollywood, and I get to, I I come to my building. I come to my building first day in the damn building. I come to my building to, uh, to to pick up the keys, and no, no, I had just picked up the keys, and I was coming back for. I don't know what I was coming back for, but uh, uh, one of my old roommates was giving me a ride. And we go to pull into the we go to pull into the parking uh the parking garage and it's somebody coming out the motherfucker, you know. So we like, oh, jackpot, you know. And uh and the dude like freezes up in the driveway because it's only, you know, it's, it's only it's not enough room for us to like go past them. It's not enough room for two cars to slip by each other in that situation. So we, so I'm, so we assume that like maybe he is coming out at an angle that like we're blocking him. So we back up, you know, keep in mind, we in the middle of the street at this point, you know, so we back up so he can, so he got room to maneuver whichever way he's trying to go and he doesn't move, you know, so it's confusion, whatever. So eventually it's like he rolls down the window and, and it becomes clear real quick that it, we're not in his way. He's in our way. He's not, he doesn't want to let us through. He's waiting for the gate to close. <laughs> he doesn't want to let us through. We're like, yo, what, what are you doing? You know, he's like, you don't live here. I don't know you. And I'm like, actually, I do live here. Just moved in today, matter of fact. You know, he's like, no, you don't. What apartment? That kind of shit. You know? 
And it's like, it's that, it, it reminds me like Paul, when Paul Mooney used to be on the Chappelle show, you know, he, he used to talk about, when Paul Mooney used to talk about the nigga wake up call. It's like, you, you don't ever get too comfortable, nigga, because it's going to always be situations that remind you of that you a nigga, you out shit, you know? And keep in mind, this dude was Armenian. This dude wasn't white, but it's like, that's still white supremacy, you know, because he's been, it's the same thing. Like he watches the same TV and the media and shit that all the rest of us do. And it's like, you know, the, the idea that I lived in the same building than him, he couldn't fathom that shit, you know? It's like like they they see you as dangerous, you know, and and it's like with these white kids. Right after the, the shooting, I saw a thing on on Fox News the other day. You know, they try to uh, make be they were like sympathetic to these kids. Now keep in mind, like you you watch that same channel after like, uh, you know, after like police shoot an innocent black man. And they'll start telling you about how the boy had trouble in school and smoked marijuana. And, you know, basically he deserved to die. You know, like what are the cops supposed to do? But you watch, you watch their coverage of these three kids, these three white kids that, you know, murdered innocent people. And they want you to be, they want you to understand their pain and shit. Oh, they came from, you know, single mother homes and shit. Half the niggas I know came from single mother homes. They not out here shooting up uh, Walmarts and what have you. Like I hate fucking talking about this. I hate talking about this shit. It just happens so often. And I don't have like a fresh take. I don't have like a hot take on it. Because it's like, I feel like everything has been said ad nauseum. Over and over and over again. So I mean, what 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 the fuck do you do? What do you do? Who the fuck knows? I'd rather talk about. Uh, <laughs> I'd rather talk about. Oh no no no! So on another serious note, um, I, I'm pretty sure this happened today. Yeah. So this this is from Centone. Centoya Brown was released from Tennessee prison today. This is from CNN. Here are four things to know about her case. Centoya Brown was released from prison early Wednesday morning after being granted clemency in January by then Tennessee Governor Bill Haslam, according to Bill Haslam, according to the Tennessee Department of Corrections. Initially sentenced to life in prison for killing a man who bought her for sex when she was 16, Brown was released to parole supervision after spending more than a decade jailed. Now, so apparently like her story is that she had been kidnapped by a pimp, forced into prostitution. Then an older gentleman rented her for the evening. And then she tried to tell him like, I'm, I'm a hostage. You know what I mean? I'm not trying to fuck you. And he tried to fuck her anyway. And she, she, she got the strap and shot that nigga. You know, then the cops came. I don't know how, how do you, how do you get arrested in that situation? The cops come. They're not there to help her. They charge her with murder. Yeah. She gets sentenced to 51 years in prison. And the prosecutors say, uh, she, because she took his wallet. 
she took it because she took his wallet afterwards uh that she had planned to rob him and kill him the whole time so they charged her with murder like how do you even how do you come to that conclusion as a prosecutor i i don't know did she take his wallet why did she take his wallet who the fuck cares you know, I mean, I, I don't know what other evidence they have, but that's what I, that's all I've seen. Um, and now she's 31. She went to prison at 16. Now she's 31 years old. Um, and, and the, and honestly, the most glaring thing other than, other than those obvious, the obvious bullshit is that she was granted clemency. In January, it's August, my nigga. If you okay, I see. I, I don't understand this. If you're in prison and you get stop it, if you if you're in prison and and it's determined that you were th- that you're there wrongfully, why the fuck it take eight months for you to get out of jail for you to get for you to get free? Why does it take eight months? It was. It's like imagine imagine being in prison wrongfully. You've been in this since you were 16. Now you're 30. It's January and you're 30 and you find out you free. And they're like, uh, sorry, we got a lot of paperwork. You know, we, we can't get you up out of here to about summertime. What the fuck? It's like it's almost like they want you to kill somebody else so they don't have to fucking even bother. You know? Um, she, I don't know, man, this shit just make this podcast be making me sad sometimes because <laughs> I feel like all I can talk about is like fucked up shit. Uh, uh, there's a, okay, this is something fucking stupid. There is a, there's a, a pastor of some kind. End Times broadcaster and anti-Semite Rick Wiles last seen last seen explaining how pro-choice people would be eternally aborted by demons in hell. Wow. Said on a recent episode of True News that meatless burgers are part of a satanic plot to turn people away from God. <laughs> now listen, my nigga, I know some annoying ass vegans. I do, but I didn't know it got to this point. Cause I like vegan food. It's, it tastes good now. Shout, first of all, shout out to all the vegans that suffered through when that food was garbage. Cause it used to be trash. It really did. I, I, uh, I remember the first time I went to, um, I went to Arizona with my homie Scotty and I think we were visiting with his sister. And it and his girl and we and we his girl's friends like they lived in like this hippie house or whatever you know you know how it's like you know a a bunch of people they all got skills you know one nigga weave baskets one nigga make beats you know one nigga grow vegetables It it was that kind of shit and and I remember we woke up in one of the mornings and we went. And, uh, and, and everybody was ready to like go to breakfast, you know? And I remember, I remember everybody talking about this one place and I forget the name of it, but they were all so excited. And, um, 
And I was like, oh man, is it like, is this, is it dope like that? And they was like, oh yeah, man, they do breakfast the right way. So I remember that specifically somebody saying that to me. They do breakfast the right way. You know, and I'm like, oh shit, breakfast the right way. Now keep in mind, listen, I've had some good breakfasts, but, it, but you know, it's pretty much the same everywhere. That's how diners thrive. I mean, it's, you know, I mean, some are greasier than others or whatever, but I, I mean, I haven't had no mind blowing scrambled egg recipes. I mean, if you, you know, there, there's a peak to, to breakfast, you know, just regular breakfast food. So I'm thinking, okay, I'm about to see, I'm, a, I'm about to see some kind of breakfast food that like blows my mind, you know, cause she's like, Oh yeah, you ain't never had nothing like it. Yeah. Like, okay, let's do it. And I get, and we get to the restaurant. And I forget what I ordered, but uh, I know there were eggs involved. And uh, when the eggs came, there was cheese on the eggs. And the moment um, I bit into the the eggs, I realized something's off here. This tastes like paper. Everyone else around me seems to be in heaven. And this don't taste right to me. And that's when I realized this is a fucking, this is a vegan restaurant. This is, and they weren't, and the thing is they weren't, they weren't vegan. They were, you know, they were vegetarian, but you know, cause they served eggs, but they didn't serve real cheese. They didn't serve. So basically it was like some ethical shit where it was like anything that they personally seen as harmful to animals. So they didn't serve, they didn't serve real meat. They didn't serve real cheese. The only real thing was eggs. Everything else was vegetables. I mean, those vegetables are real, but but you know what I mean. And my happy ass got up and went next door to the hot dog shop and came back with hot dogs to mix with these eggs. And I ordered another set of eggs with none of that fake cheese on it. That vegan cheese tasted like shit. It really did. It tasted like fucking dirt. And then, you know, that was probably... 12 years ago, 10, 10, 12 years ago, something like that. And, and then fast forward to, to, to now. So I was recently, uh, I was recently in San Diego and, um, and I've been slowly, you know, on my health kick and I'm, and I've had some good vegetarian stuff and vegan stuff and like this, but I was in San Diego recently and, uh, and, at the, at the gig, there was there was a taco cart like outside, like part of the part of the the the, the festivities or whatever, and uh, and it and it was like they had they they had not vegan shit too, but they had some bomb ass vegan food. I ain't gonna lie, because I was like, you know what, I'm just gonna roll it out. I'm gonna get a I'm gonna get a chicken taco, and I'm gonna get two of these um, damn cauliflower tacos. Them them, ta- them cauliflower tacos was bomb. Like I. I did, I did, I really honestly didn't understand how it, it was so damn good. And I want to tell y'all what the, uh, what the name of it is. Okay. So it was, so follow, oh, here it is. Follow Chicano Soul Food on Instagram. Chicano Soul Food. They're dope. They're dope. Chicano Soul Food in San Diego. And they were dope, man. They didn't use no, uh, no preservatives. You know, it wasn't a bunch of fucking lard in it. And the food, I mean, because the chicken taco was good as hell too, but, but it was like, it, it just made me think like, damn, vegan food has come a long way because those eggs, those plastic ass eggs pissed me the fuck off. And this taco made me happy. 
And I was like, yeah, shout out to those people. Because I fuck, I was so mad at those people. I was so fucking mad. Because I felt like they tricked me, you know. But shout out to those people for, I don't know if they were, if they thought it really tasted good or if they were just pretending for the cause. But, you know, shout out to the people that suffered through the nasty ass era of vegan food and got us to this point now where shit is well seasoned. And damn, got great texture. It leave you with that good feeling. You know, because here's the thing, man. Normally when I eat tacos and burritos and shit, you know, you know how it is, man. You feel like shit afterwards because it's all that heavy ass grease. And like you just, it tastes good, but then you feel fucking awful. And it's like, I ate like five of these motherfucking uh, cauliflower tacos. And I felt like I could go go for a run afterwards, you know? So, you know, we might keep it up. But again, Chicano Soul Food on, on Instagram and shit. And wow, while we at it, while we at it, um, I'm also sponsored now by Vapor 95. Vapor 95, they got a lot of dope clothes. It's uh, the Vapor Wave aesthetic. Um, it's a lot of like retro 8-bit designs. I think they're cool as shit. Um um, they, and then I got a couple of, I got, I got their Akira shirt. I think that's my favorite one, the Akira joint. You can get, you can get every, everything in black, white, hoodie, whatever. Um, and it's, it's a small business, but they booming. Follow them on Instagram, Vapor95. And if you go to their website, you put in offer code Brian Simpson. B-R-I-A-N-S-I-M-P-S-O-N, Brian Simpson, you get 10% off and you help out the podcast. So, you know, if you don't want to, if you don't, you know, if you, the best way to help out my podcast is to spread the word because I don't have a Patreon or nothing like that. You know what I mean? But if you want to, if you want to help financially, go to Vapor95, get you some dope shit, use my name, get 10% off, you know, boom, boom, boom. Um, Yeah. But also Chicano Soul Food. Um, they're not, they have not sponsored me, but I just think they're dope. Actually, I think Vapor 95 is dope too. And I would never, um, I would never take a sponsorship from a company that I didn't think was dope. You know, not to necessarily say that, that it, that I wouldn't take something from a product that I don't use, but it would have to definitely be a product that I have tried that I think is cool. You know what I mean? It would definitely have to be something that I've tried that I think is, that I think is cool. Otherwise, like, what's the fucking point? Um, but anyway, this nigga thinks <laughs> Rick Wiles, he thinks vegan food is, is gonna get people possessed. Like he's, and th- this is his, these are his words. God is an environmentalist. He takes this very seriously. He created this planet. He created the universe and he's watching these Luciferians destroy this planet. Destroy the animal kingdom, destroy the plant kingdom, change human DNA. Why? They want to change human DNA so that you can't be born again. That's where they're going with this, to change the DNA of humans so it'll be impossible for a human being to be born again. They want to create a race of soulless creatures on this planet. He thinks the vegan food uh, alters your DNA. And... Wow, there's so many things wrong with this. So, okay, even if that were true and vegan food was slowly altering your DNA, right? So his logic is that vegan food alters your DNA and that if your DNA is altered to a certain extent, you'll no longer be human, which I guess is kind of true. 
<laughs> and then once you hit that point where you are technically no longer human, then um you can't be born again. Like God will no longer recognize you. Like God will be confused. You know, which just goes to show it's like these people that have all of this influence and no, and no education, just flat out fucking ignorance. I mean, imagine, imagine, imagine this dude being your sole source of knowledge. Imagine this fucking idiot. You know, speaking with such authority about things that he clearly has no fucking idea about at all whatsoever. Just imagine being this guy. You, you know, and you like he his, his he thinks that I don't know what he thinks. He thinks we all have the exact same DNA. Does he not realize that? Um, I mean, your DNA is constantly being altered. That. You know, I mean, it's a very, very slim margin that makes you technically, I mean, human. I mean, what? And and okay, let's just set all of that, the science and shit aside, because I'm not an authority on, on, you know, I'm not a geneticist, and 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 it's not even really relevant. But let's just say, for the sake of shits and giggles, that he's correct, and the food, and the and vegan food is going to change your DNA for the worse. How is the supreme being of the universe gonna still not know that you you i mean your dna is physical my nigga your soul is your soul you know it's like first of all if you if you if you ate anything that altered your dna um to the point where you you'd probably be dead you would die you know you would you know, any, you know, why am I even trying to talk logically about the the, the most ignorant shit? I mean, I guess that's the whole point of this podcast. <laughs> it's to try to take the most ignorant shit in the world and just squeeze it through uh, this 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 logic filter and try and hope something funny comes out the other side. Uh. Okay, I'm not giving that dude any more of my mental, uh, my mental energies, my nigga. Um, oh, here's something. 10-year-old boy charged with aggravated assault after hitting classmate with dodgeball. Man, your kid's soft as fuck. Should I even read this? A 10-year-old Michigan boy was charged with aggravated assault last week. After another boy suffered a concussion during a schoolyard game similar to dodgeball. See, that's not what the headline said. They said they were playing dodgeball. What the fuck is similar to dodgeball? And how do you get a concussion, my nigga? Okay, so maybe, <laughs> maybe there's something to this. The incident, <laughs> the incident happened April 29th at Ruth Erickson Elementary in Canton. So this is this is Michigan, not Canton. That's not Canton, Massachusetts. It's Canton, uh, Michigan. Uh, I lost my place. Uh, oh, the boy allegedly threw the ball high in the air and hit a child in the face who has a condition where head injuries can be more dangerous. Well, then what the fuck is he out there playing dodgeball for? Hold on, let me let me let me let me make sure my reading comprehension is on point here. The boy allegedly threw the ball high in the air and hit a child in the face. Okay, so no. Why is your okay? 
if your boy is in the game of dodgeball, one, how does he get hit in the face with a ball that got thrown up high in the air? They say the kid who threw the ball was intentionally aiming for the boy's face, according to a police report. How do you come to that conclusion? That doesn't make, just on just on the fir- on the surface. That doesn't make any fucking sense at all. If I throw a ball high up in the air, how can I be aiming for anybody's face? They Because for them to get hit in the face, they would have to be staring up at it. You can just move out of the way, man. Because listen, I played dodgeball with some fucking assholes, man. I have. I wasn't the most coordinated child. And I've had people intentionally aim for your face, your nuts. You know what I mean? The real uh the, the the real OGs will aim for your damn ankles, you know, and hit you mid-stride <laughs> and, and, and flip your ass over. But never, never in my whole uh elementary school career, never once did I get hit with a ball. That was thrown straight up in the air, man. And it damn sure didn't hit me in the face. I mean, that is the game. The game is, it's called dodgeball. Right? It's called dodgeball. The whole point of the game is for you to get the fuck out of the way. And a ball that's floating up in the air is the easiest ball to get out of the fucking way. So the fact that this even went so far as to be a police report is fucking crazy to me. These kids soft in the motherfucker. He sustained facial issue, facial issue. This what website is this? He he sustained facial tissue damage to his face. He had a black eye and a bruised nose. The boy who allegedly threw the ball was also suspended for school for one day. His mother. Kamisha Lindley thought the punishment for her son should have ended there. Instead, she got a call from Wayne County Juvenile Court on Wednesday that her son, their soon-to-be fifth grader, was being charged with aggravated assault. Boy, you raise you raising a little bitch, boy. And listen, man, normally I'm not one of those people that's like, you know, tough it up, be a man, blah, 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 blah. But it's like, kids gonna get hurt, man. You can't protect your kids from everything. Sometimes they gotta learn. Sometimes they have to learn a. They have to learn a lesson from things. You know what I mean? And if you if you constantly come to the rescue for little shit, you know, cause cause I get it. Like some people are hysterical parents when it's like their kid, especially when their kid has some kind of ailment. And they didn't say what his condition was, where head injuries are more dangerous for him. But then, it's, but then, why is he playing dodgeball, man? You know what I mean? You can't blame another kid because your kid has a condition that makes them more susceptible to injuries and they out there playing a sport that's all about injuring a motherfucker. You know, every single game of dodgeball that's ever been played, the first three throws are gentle and then after that, it's murder out there. You got to keep your motherfucking head on a swivel. You know, these, these are the kids that grow up to be school shooters. 
Because then nobody, nobody wants to play with your soft ass. And then you end up with lonely, no friends. You don't learn social interaction. You don't learn conflict resolution. And then, you, and then you know, I guess, I don't know. The only way you can come or whatever is if you shoot up a Walmart. Montana man. <laughs> now, you don't normally see that. It's usually Florida man, which is the next. I'll just read them both. <laughs> Montana man beats up kid for not removing hat during anthem. My God, man. So, Montana man accused of fracturing 13-year-old skull for not removing hat during anthem. Now, that's something to press charges for. That dude got hit. He got, you beat up a 13-year-old boy for not taking off his hat during the anthem. See, I don't like these motherfuckers. They patriotic in every sense except when it comes to their fellow Americans. You know what I mean? Who the fuck are you? You don't get to tell somebody what to do with their clothing, nigga. You know, like I serve this country. Who gives a fuck who wears their hat and who don't? All that shit is symbolic, nigga. I'm tired. I don't feel like taking my hat off. And I'm American. I can do what the fuck I want to do. To some extent. You know? And I guarantee you, like, this same dude, he he mad at that boy for not taking off his hem, his his hat. But he not mad at them boys that shot up the Walmart. You know, it, like it, it's like, how do you get to that point where you ready to fight a child and put them in the hospital? I'm not even going to say this nigga's name. Fuck him. I'm not reading the rest of that shit. Florida man pulls gun on late arriving furniture delivery crew. <laughs> I feel him on that. I feel this sentiment right here. Be on time, motherfucker. <laughs> no, man, it's hard. That's, it's difficult, man. Like, look, man, I, I'm gonna tell y'all right now. We've all, you know, there is a running joke throughout society that like the cable man is always late. You know, they give you a damn three hour window, nine to 12, and then they show up at 2.30. You know, and, and the truth is, you know, most of the time, it's not their fault. It's some asshole customer, you know, that got some, all this extra shit they got. So it's like they plan on, most of the time, they plan on being at your place on time. But, you know, they didn't They didn't plan on spending the extra 45 minutes at some lady's house because they didn't mention, you know, that they had 14 pit bulls or that, you know, they got a, they got a crooked staircase that you got to, take out a fucking window to move a couch into or something, you know? But my man showed, my man pulled out the, the pit. Like, plus also, my nigga, they're there. You pull a gun on them, like, if you're upset that they took, that they taking so long to get there, you know, you got shit to do, whatever. Now they here. How is pulling a gun gonna help? That's just gonna make the shit take longer. Man, the world is a fucking crazy place. Oh, man. This is a Hollywood tragedy. Uh, <laughs> Beachwalker's Beach dog peed on $3 million worth of cocaine washed up at Auckland Bethel's Beach. 
three million motherfucking dollars worth of cocaine. How you let your dog do that? A woman who was part of the group that discovered $3 million worth of cocaine on an Auckland beach says her dogs urinated on the drugs. That ain't gonna, that drug's still useful. 19 sand-coated bags of cocaine washed up on West Auckland's Bethel's beach around 4.30 p.m. on Wednesday. Police later estimated the drugs to have an estimated street worth value of about $3 million. A woman who was part of the team effort, Discovery, said she was walking her two dogs when she saw the strange-shaped thing on the beach. Bitch, you dumb. You could have got down. Okay, you know what? We talked about this last episode. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, you know, I, I get it. If you're not somebody that's into that, you know, maybe you feel like there's no way that you could turn that cocaine into money. But, man, you could have picked that shit up and called somebody. I don't know. Um, But how do you... Maybe she didn't even know what they were. In the meantime, the woman's dogs did what they tend to do when they find strange things and urinated on some of the packages. Yeah, but that didn't get to the coke. And people was again, trust me, people would still sniff that shit. And they probably they might it might you never know. That shit might have some kind of damn you know <laughs> might alter that shit in a way that makes it bomb and then that makes you know that's a, that's a new street drug. Just dog piss cocaine, just uh you know, what you doing tonight, man? I'm going to get pissed. But the <laughs> but the woman said she doubted that it, because it appeared that packages had been inside a net bag, which may have been opened by whoever reached the drugs first. Oh, so she wasn't even the first one. Yeah, I mean, this is apparently this beach has weird things wash up all the time. Dead whales, seals, blah, blah, blah. But uh, again. You know, some people have the worst luck or the best luck, depending on uh, your cocaine habit. Um, <clears throat> you know what? Yeah, this week's uh, black uh, Black History uh, moment. Where, where's my shit at? Where's my I'm getting so fucking tired of this computer. Um, this week's Black History moment um, is about Sylvester Maggie. Sylvester Maggie. Um, now, there is speculation as to exactly when the man was born, right? But I'm just going to tell the story. I'm going to tell the story as though everything he said, he said is true. He was born into slavery in 1841. Oh, also, shout out to Push Black. Uh, subscribe to Push Black on Facebook. A lot of, uh, uh, a lot of, uh, my black history, either I get my information directly from them sometimes or I get the subject of my research from them sometimes. Um, but they, it's like a, I didn't know you could do this before, but Push Black, if you subscribe to them, um, they, it's like they'll message you on Messenger. And it's like a pre-programmed conversation. So you just click on next and it 
slowly tells you a story of, you know, and it's not always a black history story. Sometimes it's just a current event story, but, um, you know, they, every now and then they have, they talk about somebody I think is like really, really interesting. And so push black, follow them. Um, cause if you dig this podcast then you'll dig push black. Um, so he was born into slavery in 1841. Uh, he lived his early life at the mercy of the Lone Star Plantation in Covington County, Mississippi. Under his master's command, he transported weapons for Confederate armsmen during the Civil War. But in 1863, Sylvester's story took a surprising turn. He ultimately fought on both sides of the war after escaping and enlisting in the Union Army and more than 382 other black soldiers. After the war, Maggie returned to the only work he had ever known, hard manual farm labor. Still, he was returning to the South, a freed man with a rich oral history that made up for his illiterate status. Many still refused to believe Maggie wasn't exaggerating his own truth, but University of Southern Mississippi Associate History Professor Max Gravino, or is that Grivno, is urging those who hear his elders story to suspend their doubts and imagine the struggles of a black life during his time. He was trying to tell stories about black landowners in South Mississippi being pushed off their land. Grivno points out uh, to USA Today reporters, keeping our elders' life stories preserved in written and digital format allows black history to be passed down, studied, and respected for generations to come, just like the incredible legacy of Sylvester Maggie continues to be. Um... Yeah, and I want to say um, this dude lived to be a hundred and uh, hundred and thirty-four years old. They say no, yeah, yeah hundred and thirty-four years old on Maggie's purported hundred and twenty-fourth birthday. The, the citizens of Collins, Mississippi, held a party at a county grocery store, complete with a five-layer cake and hundred and twenty-four candles. Um, yeah, I mean. How do you fucking survive slavery, fight on both sides of the war, and then live to be 130-something years old? Um, He died in 1971. This nigga was born into slavery, my nigga, and died in 1971. I wonder where he died from. Just... (laughs) Just from being 130 some, right? Isn't that the math? He was born in 1841 and died in 1971. Well, let me, okay, you know what, nigga? I can't do that on the top of my head right now. It's fucking three o'clock in the morning and I'm high. Um, let me see here. 19. Um, fuck this calculator. 1971 minus um, 1841 equal why is this yeah, oh 130 so this motherfucker lived to be 130 years old damn near Fought in two, three. So he he was he 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 was alive through all of the motherfucking wars, from the Civil War through Vietnam. This nigga was alive. 
Can you imagine? Um, I wish I knew where he died from. I wish I knew what his diet was. I wish I, I mean, nobody, I don't want to live that fucking long. I mean, I do if I'm, if I'm, if I'm good, you know, cause like sometimes you meet old people and, you, and they like, they try to give you advice and they like, don't get old. Really? <laughs> don't stay alive this long. So I don't know, you know, I don't know what he was, what he was living like, you know, maybe, you know, maybe, you know, maybe I'm trying to go out like 115, you know, about 115. I'm good. I don't, I don't want, I don't want that 130. Cause I'm, them last 15 years going to be hard, my nigga. But they say he hit 125 and they, they threw him a birthday party. You know, he was eating five layer cake. So, you know, maybe shit. I don't know. I don't know. I got all questions I'd like to ask him. You know, I mean, when, you know, can you still have a potent erection at 120? I mean, what are we doing up here? We, y'all were all thinking it. Y'all were all thinking it. Don't judge me. I'm not some kind of.